0: get coming out, do we? Well, good uh, morning. Uh, wet morning to you all, and I know that we've got a lot of rain that's coming down outside. Uh, I wanted to uh, bring this to your attention. I don't know how many of you know this, but uh, we have been uh, looked at by several different places that are interested in our eschatological study. This just happens to be one of the websites. We didn't uh, we didn't reach out to them, we didn't ask them to consider us, but uh, they told us that we are in the top ten, well, in reality, uh, we've been uh, now rated as number three. We do not endorse it, Uh, you know, the reality is, is that if if it's good, it's good, if it's not, it's not, but it's the uh, podcast side of the fence, so that means that we're getting out for everybody to listen to us. Now, once again, uh, if you go HWTS where we have the colon forward slash forward slash blog.feedspot.com slash eschatology underscore podcast. And if you all would like to listen to it, you can. Uh, if you go to this website, they're number four. I've never heard of them before. Uh, they start off with a word that is abbreviated. I don't know what it means. I haven't listened to it, so I can't tell you. But uh, I just want you to be aware of it in the, in the meantime. Well, uh, in, the, in the meanwhile, there's a couple of things I want to bring to your attention while we turn to Revelation chapter 9. And in Revelation chapter 9, we're going to continue our, the study of the sixth trumpet. We've already looked at the, uh, the fifth trumpet. We looked at the first woe that is there. And we're going to read down uh, from chapter 9 towards the end of the chapter. And we want to make sure that we're ready to go. Before we do that couple things I want to bring to your attention. This is uh, an interlinear, and you've got to be careful with any interlinear that you get. And so what I tell people is that this interlinear is not a Texas Receptus. Our King James Bible is a Texas Receptus interlinear, uh, or Texas Receptus writing, if you will. Koine Greek was its beginning. And so the thing that's interesting, this one, I'm going to try to get over here so you can he- see it for yourself, Uh, This one is actually an interlinear from the Nestle's Bible. Now, those of you that don't know, our King James Bible is never written on the Nestle's. The Nestle's is part of the Auckland Nestle's, which was uh, the Alexandrian text. So, I'm very careful about uh, letting this come in. It's called the Nestle's Greek text with a literal English translation. Now that's what they want to say. It is right. It is a little translation, but it's based upon the wrong text. If anybody wants to buy something and you're going to spend a few bucks to get it, this is a George Rickerberry's Interlinear, and uh, I, I will tell you, you're going to spend at least $80 for this. And, and you know, that's for a used one. And I was blessed to be able to find this one for about 80 bucks. And uh, once again, it's going to be just like you have. This is based on the Texas Receptus, which our New Testament is based upon. And so when you read it, you're going to find that the, it's going to be right in line with everything that we have. This one has controversy in it. So they will actually put in certain verses that are missing. They, they will put it in there that these are not there. And this one shows, no, it was there in the original. Case in point, uh, when you see that uh, over in Acts, book, book of Acts chapter 8, where you see the Ethiopian eunuch said, here is where would hinder me to be baptized. Well, in the modern translations, they take out the remaining verses, except and they enter down into the water and are baptized. There's no confession of faith. There's nothing that is there. And that is part of the uh, modern text that we find today. Well, with that in mind, we're going to refer to this one uh, as we do our studies. There are some fresh notes that are in the back, and in the bulletin that I handed out to you, there's another slide that we're going to see as well. So let's go ahead and read from chapter 9. We're going to go down to verse 13 in our studies. And the sixth angels sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horses of the golden altar, which is before or four horns of the golden altar which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels that are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year, for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000, and I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and then they set on them, having breastplates of fire and of Japheth and of brimstone, and the heads of the horses were the heads of lions, and out of their mouths is issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed by the fire and by the smoke and the brimstone, which issued out of their mouths, for their power is in their, in their mouth, and in their tails, for their tails were like unto serpents, and they had heads with them that they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues were, were repented not of their work, the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils, idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, for they were sorcerers, nor of their fornications, nor of their thefts. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Father, we want to thank you for the the things that are written in Scripture, and I pray that you will guide us today as we study your Word. We know how important it is, Father, to teach the truth. Now, whether anyone wants to believe as we uh, hold and as we study the Word of God, that's up to them. But we also know, Father, that we are trusting you to guide us and bless. Help us, dear Father, to take a step-by-step verse. May us be patient in the things that we study. And, Lord, let us take the things that you give us so that we might be able to present them each and every day. So guide us and bless, watch over us in all things. Help us in this study and watch over us in Jesus' precious name. And amen. Now, there's a lot of things that we don't understand because we've never been to heaven. Now, understand this. Let's, let's go back to what we know of, of John and his vision and what he saw. Now, there's a lot of people that, when we begin to think about John and how that he translated the, uh, the things that he saw or how he wrote them down, that there's many things that we can go back and say, well, that fit for his time, but it doesn't fit for our time. When I look at these scriptures, I think that there's a lot here that we can see that really does fit for our time. And so if we understand what he is writing, he sees not only the heavenly vision, but he also sees the earthly vision. And so the things that are there are literally decrees that are given from God above down to the earth below and we begin to see the impact thereof. Give you a case in point. Notice again in verse 13, and this is the first time we've seen it, it says, and the sixth, and the sixth angel sounded and I heard a voice from the four horns. Now you've got to remember this. This is the, the altar, and notice it is a golden altar. Now there are two altars in heaven. Uh, And one is going to be the the altar that is literally the the altar that represents the brazen altar that we had on earth. And there's the incense altar that we have in, in heaven. Now, it doesn't clearly define which one except for the fact that it's the golden one. If we go to the earthly tabernacle, which we read over in the book of Exodus, and also the other parts where we saw it was being built, the golden incense altar had four horns on it. And so you had the, the smoke that rose up from it, which was the incense smoke, if you will, or the vapors that came in. And it was even specific that they could not make this mixture except before God. He was the only one that was allowed to have this, uh, this odor. And so there had to be the, the apothecary mix this up, and it was only supposed to be used uh, for the worship of God, not for anything else. But here we see the voice, The voice of one. Now, here's what's interesting. There is the permitted voice. Is this the voice of the Lord God? I don't think so. Not at this time, because the declaration is there's a sixth angel. And notice that it says, and and there is a command to loose the four angels which are bound in the river Euphrates, the great river Euphrates. Now, what's interesting, we're going to get into a little bit of detail about what's getting ready to happen, and it's taken all this time to occur. So, Brother Joe, if you will, go ahead and we'll increment it over to the next slide. The one thing I want us to see is that we are in great preparation for an army that's going to come forth. We don't know much about the army except that they can handle that army. If I was to go around the room today and say, how big do you think is the Army of the United States? Most people would uh, probably estimate pretty closely how big the Army is, which is about 1.6 million. That's all the branches combined. Now, it also takes in the Coast Guard, Space Force, uh, Air Force, Army, Navy, and the Marines as well. So we have all of the different facets that are there. 1.6 million. In World War II, we had a lot more of individuals that went in, but also the population of the Earth was a lot smaller. It was interesting that uh, when we just had the celebration with Pete and Carol yesterday, which um, again I want to be thankful to the church for uh, providing for us there. Randy and Nancy had put a bulletin board up there. In 1943, the population of the Earth was two was not was what 2.33 billion billion. We're now at 8 billion. So in the, in the time frame, since World War II, we have more than tripled our size in the population. Isn't that pretty cool? But now here's the thing that's interesting. When we think about the population of our earth as it is right now, we, we can literally think about the armies that could literally come out of the east. Now, I don't know how many of you know this, but China has over a billion in population, 1.2 billion, versus America, where our population is, you know, pushing 400 400 million. But again, 400 million is a far cry from a billion. Now, how many of you all also know that the neighbor right next to China is India, They have a billion population. So you have two billion that are made up in India and in China. Now the rest of the Orient is there, but here's the fact of the matter is, China is preparing a great multitude of army, if you will, to go out and to make that declaration of their power and their strength. Even if we mustered all of the other forces on the earth, we could not stand up against 200 million men. We don't have the population. The European, I, and I just saw this as well, the European uh, number of individuals rates up where we would have like uh, a total of 80 million people. That's that's a far cry from the United States. So when we take a look at this, understand that there's literally no one that could stand in the way of this army coming in from the east. And that's why you see them dressed up in the Orient. Now, one of the things that we see is this. Let's go down to verse 14. That there was a command to the Euphrates, that, and, you know, and notice what it says, verse 14, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. Now, let me just point this out to you. There are things that are demonic. And there's things that are not demonic. So one of the things that I did, and understand this, is I went in and I started looking at the Strong's Concordance. But you've got to understand something about Strong's. Strong's always reverts back to the original verb, or the original noun, if you will. Well, very much like German. uh, So if I say, uh, you know, the word see in German, it has a, a tense on it, which means right now. You know, you can see it. But if that same word see is used at the end of a sentence, they always put the letters GE in front of it, meaning it's still in the present tense, but it has to be so for us to see it. Well, the reality is, is that whether it's Greek, whether it's in Latin, whether it's in Hebrew, the, the root word is there for us to study. But even deeper still are the other words. So I went in and I studied first of all the Strong's Concordance to try to get an understanding of verse 14. And literally, it speaks of four angels that are bound on the, or that are here on the earth and they're waiting. Now I want you to think about this for a moment. Sometimes as a preacher, I want our eyes to be opened up so we could see around us. Do you realize that all around us are demons that are trying to distract us from not only paying attention to the Word of God, but also to make little noises? Isn't it funny, and I saw this, and I think it was you, Brother Randy, that brought it up uh, on, a, on a Facebook post, how that we could be praying at night and we'll fall asleep. But, it, you know, it's a 3L movie, we don't fall asleep. We'll read the Bible, and and surely we just become so bored of it. But if it's a book, we'll just sit there and read it and read it and read it and read it read it. Why is that occurring? Because the reality is is that Satan knows our limits and our inabilities and our, our weaknesses. And yet this Bible is true. Everything else is not true. I can read the creation over and again. And I find, and I have to be very careful with this, that sometimes I want to see what other people have to say, and that piques my interest in the Bible as well. I'll give you an example. There's a, book, there's a movie that is out called Joseph. And whoever created the movie, and, not, and we're not talking about Joseph the cartoon series, we're talking about the real people. I think Ben Kingsley plays, plays Potiphar in it. And the thing that's really interesting is that I had to go back and study the Word of God to see if it was right. That's how much that the research had been done, and it was right. Now, there were a few things that were not you know, in order, but again, I have that movie, and if anybody wants to see it, you're welcome to it. But the reality is, is that if you want to understand the Word of God, ask the Holy Spirit to direct you. Now, the reason I went to the interlinear, I want to read this to you from the interlinear portion. And uh, it it takes a little bit, and it's it's not difficult to do, and anyone's welcome to come and see it. If I try to read the Greek, I, I run into problems sometimes because I have to be so careful. But I want to read to you the literal translation as we see it in the Texas Receptus over this passage, verse 13. And the six angels sounded his trumpet, and I heard... One of, the, one of the four horns of the altar golden which is before God saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet loose the four angels who are bound at the river great Euphrates that is the direct translation now can you see how that even the English as we have it has been modified a little bit so that it makes a, a more fluid understanding for us that's what has to happen in the scripture. Now I did this because I wanted to see if the word angel was angel. Guess what? It is angel. It's anthropos. Or excuse me, angelos. Anthropos means apostle. Or or anthropos can also mean man. So there's many things with Greek that you got to understand. Apostolos is apostles. So when I took a look at angel, it says the angelos meaning, you know, purely angels. Now, I wonder how many of us know that there are angels that are are here on this earth, and they're kept for such a day, and one of those angels, or four of those angels, are at the Euphrates River. How many of you have ever thought about that? And so those angels are buying their time quietly. They're not distracted. They're paying attention for the command that comes down that says, Now's the time. Just like Jesus Christ is busy doing the work and he's waiting on the Father to say, now go get your children, there are things we don't understand and how it can occur, but God means it for a purpose. Now here's the thing that's interesting. In verse 15 it says, and the four angels were loosed, and which were prepared for an hour and and a day, and a month, and a year, for to slay a third part of men. The whole purpose is to bring destruction upon this earth. How is that destruction going to happen? Well, the first thing is you've got to understand, Euphrates and the Tigris rivers have always been natural rivers of defense. I don't know how many of you know this, but the great Babylon was literally built upon the Euphrates River. And there was a gate that prevented uh, the enemies from coming into the city because of that gate that was there. And everyone thought, hey, we're safe. Until Cyrus, I think it was, went in and he built a dam above the the, uh, Babylon. And then he was able to get in through the gate and literally caused the destruction of Babylon. And naturally, naturally right now, the Euphrates River is drying up. I just read this not too long ago, how that that the dependency of the population of Iran and, and all those regions that are around are dependent upon the Euphrates and the Tigris River. And currently, you can see how the water is going down and down and down. Pretty soon, it's going to be a stream. That's hard to imagine, isn't it? But it's a fulfillment of Scripture. Now, what's this? Once that river dries up, what's to keep this massive army from approaching this place, this Babylon, this wicked Babylon, this wicked region, and literally make them march after another into this place? Can you imagine an army like this that is coming ahead, you know, with their great force? Now, this is the thing that's interesting, and I want you to see this. Why was it that John said that these horses had heads of lions? And here's the reason that we see the head of lion that comes in. How many of you all know what is the national symbol of the United States? Anyone know what the national symbol is? It's on top of that flag. It's called the eagle. The eagle is the national symbol or the national bird of the United States. What was the national bird of Rome? It's on top of that staff. It was another eagle. What was the national symbol of, of pagan Germany, if you will? It was either an eagle or a falcon, no one really seems to know. But the reality is you always are recognized by this great eagle. And the reality is, is that when you take a look at other countries, they also used animals as a representation. By the way, Benjamin Franklin wanted us to be a bunch of turkeys. Can you imagine that? (laughs) We're just a bunch of... No, but the reason is because of the wisdom of the wild turkey. And that's why he wanted to bring in the turkey to make it occur. But China, its national image is not a bird... But instead, it's a lion. And so when you see this heads of lion, it's one that, it's literally the the crime that these people are saying is, now we're coming by force into your area. So when you read in verse 16 where it says, and the number of the army of the horsemen, which uh, were 200,000,000, meaning 200 million, and so this is the great vast army that's coming from the Orient. Now here's what's interesting, and most people don't realize this, is that the majority of the horses on this planet are in Russia and in China. How many of y'all knew that? The majority of the horses, over 80%. We have a lot of horses in America, but we pale in comparison to what there is over in Russia as well as in China. Here's the other thing. How many of you all know also that in the Scripture, when it refers to the East, it's also referring to Germany and to Russia? So when you re- read over there, and I'm going to show this to you, let's go to the book of Ezekiel, and we'll to go to chapter 36, something it is, where I want to go. Here is literally the, the depiction of things that are about to happen. I'll get over there in this a minute. There we go. Ezekiel chapter 36. And you're going to see, let's go, uh, if you will, we're just going to go into Ezekiel. I'll make sure I'm in the right spot here. As a matter of fact, I want to go two more chapters. Chapter 30, 38. Ezekiel chapter 38. Notice it says here, and the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against God, and God, the chief princes of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O God, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. By the way, Meshach is another name for what we would call the, the Russian capital. Moscow. Tubal is Tubalcane, which is also one of the chief cities in Russia. And I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth. And all. Isn't that pretty amazing? So when we take a look at the things that are written in the Old Testament, they are a a cry that is there. And look what we have there. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Why do you think those armies are coming? They're coming originally to destroy the Jews to align up with the uh, Antichrist, if you will, that's going to be standing upon this earth. But then when they see Christ coming, their attention is going to be turned to Christ. Alright, let's go over. Gomer and his bands, the house of Tugomar, and the North Porters and all the bands, and the many people with thee. Gomer is another name for Germany. I know. Chebayam. Anyway, so you have and, uh, and when you take a look at Togomar, or Togarma, that's also a city in Germany. Once again, I try to bring this out to people because we don't understand enough of the Bible to help us to gather why we call Gog and Magog Germany and Russia. Look at chapter 39, beginning of verse 1. Therefore the son, thou son of man, prophesy against Gog, and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog the chief priests of Meshach and Tubal. And I will turn thee back and will leave but the sixth part of thee sixth part and will cause thee to come up from the north part and will bring upon thee mountains of Israel
1: and I will smite thy bow out
0: of thy hand and will cause to the of thy hand. Now the thing is is this going to happen during this time frame? Is this going to happen beforehand? We think that it's going to happen beforehand. A lot of it. But understand this, is that their defeat is never going to be a defeat. There's some, I have some interesting books up in my library, and one of those was, Why Did Hitler Fall? And this was a question that came in. There was one of the things that came in to where people said that, Why did Hitler suddenly go against Russia? Why did Hitler... I mean, after all, he had an agreement with Russia. He had an agreement that, you know, leave us alone, we're going to be good, until he was visited by a Jesuit priest many years later. And guess what? After that Jesuit priest had visited, that's when Germany turned their attention against Russia. Why did that happen? I don't know. It is so steeped in mystery that we don't understand the fullness of it. Another thing that's interesting, and I want you to get this, why did Vietnam happen the way it happened? Vietnam happened again by, if you will, Jesuit intervention. And if we we think that everything is hunky-dory, you better go back and study your history. Now, I've had people tell me, you spend too much time with history, and I tell them, if we're going to understand the present day, we better understand history. What is it that the old statement is? Those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Well, once again, this is the thing that we're finding even in America today. We have failed to read the history of other falls like the the rise and fall of the Roman Empire and other countries, and we are doomed to repeat that same process again. All right, that being said, I want you to get this. So the Euphrates River is drying up. This million, these 200 million people or army is going to come across the river and who's going to stop them? And there's one third of the population they're going to destroy. I want you to get this. If they destroy the majority of India, they've already destroyed close to one third. So one third, and and I use this as, as a measuring stick, if you will, but one third of the army if it's going to be 9 billion, we'll use that as a round figure, would be 300 or 3 billion people. That's one third. Can you imagine that many people dying? It's hard to imagine, isn't it? And yet, when you have war trying to stop uh, this great army from approaching, and it says that they have been given the power to destroy, and they're going to destroy mightily, who can stand in the way? Who can stand in the way? And notice that the judgment is going to be that we're going to allow them to come, and literally these angels are going to release, not only the Euphrates River, it's going to be dried up, but literally drag this this great military force in towards the people. Now, we have already studied how much has been destroyed by the world. Now think about this. One of the things that we saw in chapter 9 was that when the fifth angel fell, the blood of the oceans destroyed one third of the oceans we saw how that the moon and the sun and the stars were darkened by one third we saw how that maybe the days were shortened because the earth was drawn in could it be that these people are so hungry for food that they will do whatever it takes to get a little bit of food in their stomach have you ever thought about that not only that, but it says that the vegetation has already been burnt off the ground. So you have all the food substances and all the things that sustain the life. Now I want you to know this, that the Chinese eat the majority of their food substances called rice. And rice is a vegetable just as much as anything. Can you imagine the rice fields burning and consuming? What are they going to eat now? So we can't, we can't put enough of a measure on the food substances. And you know, it's interesting to me that all the way back in Genesis chapter 6, when we begin to see that this uh, Antichrist come on the scene, the measure of wheat and barley going for a day's wage because everything else was consumed. So here we are in chapter 9 and we're seeing the same thing as this army is being dragged towards, the, towards this location. Look what else it says. And let's see if I'm not right on that. In verse seventeen, and thus I saw the horses in the vision and, they, and then and them that set on them, having breastplates of fire, and of Japheth which is or Japheth, which is a greenish color, and the brimstone, and the heads of horses horses were the heads of lions, and out of their mouths this issued fire and smoke and brimstone. Now that's pretty interesting when you take a look at this image. But how many of us have ever seen this next image? Go ahead and take a look at this, Brother Joe. I want you to see this image. How many of us have ever thought that that could very well be what what, what we're going to be facing? A great armor-clad army. And literally, if you take a look at it, this is just part of the image. Now. Can, do, do we see fire coming out of those muzzles? I'll, I'll share this with you. One time uh, we had a youth camp. We always like to have a theme at our youth camp that down in uh, Kentucky. And so our theme that year was the Army of the One. And it was our youth leader's the, the direction that he said, I know, we're going to dress up like the army. And so I had, I had my t-shirt that said Army of the One, you know, which means the Army of the Lord, right? But we kind of carried it away a little bit. We had four guys that looked like Taliban, including my son Joseph. When he gets a tan that dark beard comes out, he does look like part of the Taliban. It was not Taliban, it was Taloban, T-O-W-E-L. And they wrapped towels around them and everything, and they went out and they were guarding this one bridge with paint guns. Well, if you've ever been in the hills of Kentucky, when people come near your camp, and they see these Taliban, guess who they're going to call, and so we had the, sheriff, the deputy sheriff, up, who was a member of the church that owned the camp, he said, Brother preacher, what's going on, I said, nothing's going on, I said, We're, we have the army of the one, it's our theme, of blah, 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 and I said, there's no weapons, and I no sooner got that out of my mouth. Then here comes a 4x4 four four with a with a canvas over top of it with a two, PVC tube about the front. And literally, they were shooting bottle rockets out of that front. And I went, well, he's not going to blame me now. And it looked very real. And he goes, that's pretty cool. Well, they had also taken a bunch of bottle rockets, and they, they had dug a hole and they buried him underneath the, 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 the uh, lot, if you will, and they lit it on fire while he was standing there, and there was a boom like you have never believed before. And I thought, I'm going to jail, leading a military uprising. Well, that was scary enough. That would be very scary. Who is going to stop that? Do you realize in, in Germany... If we go back to World War II, the, the, the tank we used was the Sherman tank. And the Sherman tank was a very small tank compared to the, the great tiger tanks of, of, of Germany at that time. By the way, these are bigger than even the biggest tiger tank. And one of the images that they have, and I know it doesn't show up, but a lot of times those tanks will have a painted lion on the front of those tanks. Now, I'm not sure that this is what John saw, and no one is, but this this makes the most sense. And if we have this armored platform that's coming at us right now, how many people are going to be able to stop it? Maybe one or two, maybe three or four, maybe even half. But they keep coming, and they keep coming, they keep coming. Many years ago, I was stationed in Germany. This is when we had West and East Germany And literally, I remember setting in a debrief. And they said, you're 15 minutes from death. They said, there are more tanks on the eastern front than we have weapons to stop them with. And the one vehicle that literally brought in even Stephen was the A-10 tank killer. And they've been trying to get rid of it ever since. But I asked them one time, I said, but my family's here. And they said, well, you better find another way to get them here on base right away. Because only the dependents that were on base would be able to get off base. That's pretty scary, in it? Well, guess what? You're not even going to have this opportunity when this comes down the way. You're going to have to flee and flee and flee because the army is coming aren't you glad we're not going to be here how many of you want to be here not this kid and the reality is they're coming to destroy and destroy mightily we should be aware of that so I hope that every one of us oh by the way and I, I brought down this statistic it's on the back page of what I gave you it is explained to us that as early as 2040 the Euphrates River will be dried up completely. As early as 2040. That's hard to imagine, isn't it? We are at 2023. Within within seven years, that river could be already dried up. Father, again, thank you so much for your blessings. I pray you will help us now as we enter into the next service. Guide and bless in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We're dismissed.